We are the tribe from the north. We're brave and we're bold. Defeating our rivals never gets old. Making our way to the Big Sky Conference. Watch out, cause here comes the silver and gold. Club for the Vandals of Idaho. Welcome back, Tribe from the North Brave and Bull to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals and your Vandal affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chris Hammond, and joining me today, we have the professor at office hour, Brian Marceau. How the heck are you, Brian? I'm coming off a 5-0 and week picking the Big Sky, Chris, so uh, I'm doing all right in office hours. That, that impressive, impressive as always. Dallas Hammer running the shows from the shadow. How the heck are you, producer Dammer? Hey, the Anaheim Ducks don't quite suck yet, and West Ham is near the top of the table, guys. So I picked the great time to get into the Premier League. Yeah, not to rub it in. And you know, for anyone that hasn't seen Ted Lasso, like do a thirty-second forward because spoilers. Oh boy, going to be a tough season for you next year, huh? Yeah. Have you seen the show? It's uh, it's going to be. I have, I have had plenty of freakouts of like, God damn it, people are going to hate me. Like you just came like me. they made Man City the villain for seasons one and two, and then they just like shifted it all the poor West Ham gets a little bit of success, and now they're the villain. Uh, and we also have the best of all time, Alex the Boat Boatman with the Mountaineer Minute. What's up, guys? A big. I figure we should probably name this because I seem to do this every week. Uh, this is Brian's favorite segment of the show. I know that. Um, weekly Mountaineer update. Let's see. Big win over ranked top 25 Iowa State at home last week. Fans are going nuts. We needed that bad. Um, you know, basketball team tipped off their exhibition. You know, wasn't it wasn't against Evergreen State College, against Akron. So a little worse in competition than what Idaho faced. Uh but no, I mean, you know, we got Oklahoma State coming in this weekend, number eleven in the new college football playoff rankings as of today. We're only three point underdogs, guys. Like catch us three thirty Eastern, twelve thirty Pacific, ESPN. I know everyone needs a team to root for that wins. Um, so so uh, hop on the bandwagon while it's hot. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, shoot, Dallas, I'm jealous. I'm I'm jealous. Um, Chris, Chris and I played a game last week, Tottenham and uh. Man, United is called El Sacico. Some were calling it El Sacio. What, uh, I don't know how you can say who won it because Ole saved his job. I and, won it. Yeah, kind, I mean, we won the game three nothing, three nil. Yeah. But you fired your manager. I don't know how to as, feel. Anyway, as uh, the impartial third party, Chris absolutely won that game. I didn't yeah. want Conte though. I don't want Conte, so it's fine. I, he didn't. True, but hey, sometimes he's Jose. When, two, he's Jose two point Sometimes like, when you're struggling mid season, you just have to make a move at the manager and coach position. And you know, I'm just glad I have an organization that realizes the importance of sparking energy back into a fan base when they're coming out of the gates a little underperforming uh, and aren't afraid to make a move mid season. So that doesn't sound. Am I excited? Am I excited about Conte? No, but. Doesn't matter. Potch is gonna get camp from PSG, and everything will be fine in North London here shortly. Chris, that just feels <laughs> like it came out of left field. That that doesn't sound like anything I could think of right now. Yeah, it's something that's foreign to us, I know. But uh, I just wait. Boatman just gotta wait a couple more weeks for his coach to get fired uh, midseason, and then uh, no, everything no, will be not happening. Ole in, Ole in. He's at the wheel. Uh, so you think after one three one win over struggling floundering Spurs, your coach is staying? Absolutely different. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, he's staying. Ole in. Uh, all right. Well, we got some action on the TV. They have three games on today. Do you guys know that? that's crazy? Freaking Mac adding two teams. Uh, let's get into it. Southern Utah. I mean, they uh, hung close with Montana. Brian, I know you watched a bit of this game. Um, I made the shift to watch the feisty Northern Colorado Bears against the uh, Stingers down Sac State Hornets. Um, so kind of why don't you get the listeners a little bit of a preview of like what Southern Utah is going to be able to bring to the table against Idaho. Southern Utah is like if you're a Vandal and you think the Vandal story right now is frustrating, at least we've got a twin 
in Southern Utah. Uh, Southern Utah right now they have they're sitting at tied for last place in the Big Sky. Uh, they are zero and zero and six in the Big Sky. One and eight overall for the season. Their one win came at home against uh, Tarleton State, forty to thirty-five. They're they're kind of similar to Idaho in the sense that in the spring they played a ton of close games. They came they came up on the wrong side of those close games in the spring. And that made a decent amount of people like myself think Southern Utah might be frisky this year. They've been kind of split about half their games have been one score affairs, but still they're not coming up with wins. Most recently lost at Montana night 20 to 19 had a field goal. They were kicking in the last, last minute that would have won the game blocked uh, Southern Utah. Really? They, I don't know how to explain explain this other than something I've said on the show. The team just doesn't know how to win. They are competitive, at least for portions of games. They're not getting annihilated like in the first quarter, even against Eastern when they got blown out 50 to 21. They hung around for about a half. This team has some talent. Uh, Justin Miller is probably the third, about the third or fourth best quarterback in the, in the big sky right now. Southern Utah passes the ball all right. We saw Justin Miller in the spring doesn't have a gigantic arm, but he's accurate. He'll pick and he can pick defenses apart all right. So the Southern Utah team, they they do have some relative strengths. We saw them in the dome. Their receivers, guys like Brandon Shanks, are are solid. But for one reason or another, Southern Utah has not been a team that can put it together and po- turn that potential into any sort of momentum for wins, Alex. Yeah, I know it's been a struggle for them um, this year. They just cannot seem to find a way to put a whole game together. Um, you know, close road loss last week, which was kind of surprising to me. I think I was checking that game when I was, was at work. And I'm at work, I mean, obviously, football game. Um, I was like, whoa, what's going on there? I don't know what to make of this team. Like, they have the potential to win some games, and they just don't, which kind of scares me because I think they're dangerous in a weird way. Like, like I wouldn't want to run into Southern Utah, if that makes sense. I'd much rather run to Northern Colorado, even though they lost to Southern Utah or beat Southern Utah. I'd much rather run to Northern Colorado because to me, Southern Utah seems a little more scrappy. Like, they just don't know when to quit um, or don't know how to quit, but they just can't seem to figure out how to get out of their own way sometimes. So I, I just don't know what to make of this team. Um, it's a weird one. Analytics make it a weird one. Um, yeah, Thunderbirds head to the whack. That's right. Yeah, this is the last time we will see Southern Utah in the Big Sky Conference uh, for football. We'll see them in basketball. But yeah, kind of weird. Kind of a weird. Say la vie. Nice, Chris. Chris is muted. Yep. With with the way everything's going, who knows, man? They might not make it to the whack. Like. <laughs> The Sam Houston gone, Stephen F. Austin gone. Watch him come with their tail. Whoa, Stephen F. Austin's legs. not gone. Stephen F. Austin's not gone yet. I've heard some rumors. Until it's uh, until it's Matt until Brown it's official. official. I, I'm just saying, by the time you listen to this on Thursday, we apologize to the listeners that our information might be incorrect. Well, to the viewers, at least they had a mi- at least they had a McNeese State and Arc Incarnate Word today, so they are replacing before it even that's, happens. That's true. That's true. Good point. And I like McNeese. Anyways. Um, yeah, Southern Utah kind of reminds me a lot of Idaho, honestly. I mean, obviously, I don't know how to say this. Like, Idaho should be like, if these were beers, Idaho would be like Bud Heavy, and Southern Utah would be like Bud Light. But we're both sitting at the bottom of the standings, so maybe we're like just one of those really like we're lemon Bud Light seltzer, and they're like peach Bud Light seltzer because they both we both have like. Really good players like Landon Meeson is really good for Southern Utah. They have one of the best, we have probably the two best defensive players in the entire Big Sky Conference in Trey Walker and then um, Laka Kaho Ohano Davis. They also have uh, that running back I can't think of right now that's freaking a stud. Like Southern Utah has pieces, unlike like a Cal Poly or some of these more struggling teams like an Idaho State. Like Southern Utah has some really good pieces. Um, and just like Idaho, like it just doesn't seem to come together. Idaho, I think, has better pieces. But, you know, right now, performance-wise, both teams, I would say, are 
playing under their potential, um, closer to their floor than their ceiling. So uh, I actually think we're in for a doozy in the Kibbe Dome this weekend. Uh, Southern Utah trying to get a farewell win, I guess, in the big sky. But, um, you know, they're running out of chances, and Idaho is uh, ripe for a picking for them to kind of get. Because Southern Utah doesn't want to leave the big sky without a win, right? Like, that would be embarrassing. The WAC wants them to win. There's probably a little bit of that pressure. Uh, I don't know. Southern Utah, I think we're in for a good game. I think both teams have bottom-tier offenses. uh, And Idaho actually has, you know, a better defense for Southern Utah doesn't. So I think this leans Idaho's way. But, I mean, as we've shown recently, I think we've kind of regressed in a lot of those spots. So uh, it might be more even. And then you see Southern Utah, who just hung with Montana. So maybe Montana is down. Or maybe, you know, Southern Utah is experiencing a little bit of life here at the end of the season, trying to end on an upward tick uh, instead of a downward tick. So um, it's kind of battle for last place here, if you're not counting Cal Poly. Well, and it's a weird mix in that this is not a matchup of strength on strength for both teams. The Idaho strengths overlap with Southern Utah weaknesses, and the Southern Utah strengths overlap with Idaho weaknesses. The the two matchups I'm going to look at right now, Chris – Southern Utah, the number three passing offense in the big sky in terms of yards per game. Mm -hmm. Idaho, the worst passing defense in the big sky in terms of giving up yards per game, in terms of Idaho's given up 19 touchdowns while picking off one total pass in big sky play. That's a matchup that if you're a Southern Utah fan, you're going to say, okay, this is where we beat Idaho. Conversely, Southern Utah has one of the worst rushing defenses in the entire league and Idaho rushing is a rushing is a relative strength for us, which and both, both those things are, are going to overlap weird. And that if Idaho can rush against Southern Utah defense, then that sets us up pretty well. We should be able to rush. However, if Southern Utah is going to be able to pass against us and score, that makes it harder for Idaho to be able to try to rush the game away. So to me, I'm curious. The, the matchups I'm looking at is who can leverage that strength on weakness matchup the most to dictate pace of the game. Because really, a fast pace is going to favor Southern Utah. Slower pace clearly favors Idaho. Yep. Yeah. Uh, if we can control time of possession, um, run our offense way we want to get, we want to do it. Um, you know, run the ball, control time, um, keep everything kind of moving at a nice even pace rather than making this get loose and crazy. Um, I think that's the way Idaho will want to attack this game. And that's kind of what we've shown as much. We like to run the ball um, and we'll see how much, how much Beaudry plays versus how much, you know, Borish plays. Yeah. So I'm wondering if actually doing a little bit of research here, it looks like uh, Ohano Ohano Davis is going to be out. Looks like he got hurt versus Northern Colorado and completely missed Montana. So that might even help us even more, honestly, if you're talking about rush defense. Um, that's a big piece of theirs. But he's Redshirt Jr., so he'll be back. But I don't know. I, I don't have a lot to preview of this game. So uh, won't, be back, won't, won't be back to face us. No. Well, we'll, we'll probably schedule him out. Of, yeah, we'll never see him again. They're not that's on Dixie our State's. Schedule, so. That's a Utah Tech's problem now. A and M. Well, the other part I'm going to jump in double dip really quick, guys. Is the other kind of weird strength on weakness matchup that both teams have is Idaho for most games this season in, in Big Sky play has been one of the stronger rushing defenses. So in Utah is the worst rushing offense in the league. So I would in no way be shocked if we don't see a ton of even really many attempts on the Southern Utah end to rush against Idaho. They also, with Miller, they'll run some short passes that function as runs, and that's part of how they get the yards. But that's a another another just weird matchup about these teams where all their strengths and weaknesses happen to overlap. Uh, similar, similar for Idaho, uh, we are not – we're not the, the best passing team in the league easily. I mean, a part of that's quarterback continuity, but – We've talked about that that on the show. Idaho appears to be a better running team this year. Well, from past defense, Southern Utah is 
they're better at pass defense than they are at rush defense, but we're just less likely to be exploiting that matchup because that's not a strength for Idaho. So that in some ways we are, we combine Southern Utah and Idaho to form one perfect team. Or one team that can maybe win an equal amount of games that they lose. Oh God. That sounds perfect to me. That sounds like a winning team. Ish sounds, sounds like a bowl like, team. Uh, sounds like a bowl, bowl game. Bowl team. The hey, we're here. We're here to go. Pinewoods Mayo, North Dakota Bowl. <laughs> the Don's <laughs> Pretzel Bowl. Oh God. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't really have too many more uh, takes on this. I didn't do too much research. This I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, it's a dumpster fire team versus a team that's been very struggling. Um, to, to kind of be consistent at all, um, figure out which one's which there. Um, I don't know, guys. It's it's interesting. We'll get into predictions here in a minute. Um, analytics makes this game pretty interesting in terms of who's favored and um, who should win. Sagrid makes us a one-point underdog. They give Southern Utah a 52% chance to win this game. I believe, according to Kyler uh, in the Big Sky Podcast Network chat, I think Versus makes us, what, a – nine point favorite um which was weird but i think we're gonna land anywhere between a three uh probably about a three point favor is why i'd make idaho i guess considering i'd probably make these teams even on a neutral field and you'll give idaho the home field since they don't have to travel so it's about a three point three point swing there yeah that's that's kind of where we're at it's not it's not great it's gonna be ugly maybe the big sky game of the week if you really want to get out think about it and really delve into the depths of the big sky because boy this is a fun one so before we get into that, I want to ask you guys, what is the motivation for Idaho at this point? The team has locked up another losing season. There's no shot at a playoff. Obviously, we made the bowl game joke. There's no shot at a bowl game. What is there to play for here with the last home game of the season? Senior night. It is those seniors' last chance to win a home game, right? So... You're going to have to lean heavy. I expect the defense to ball out because it's more senior-ridden than the offense. Um, I mean, we'll get into score predictions in a little bit, but I'll, I'll nudge my hand a bit. I think the defense is going to play lights out to tomorrow or Saturday, whatever. Um, we'll see. I mean, we're losing a lot of guys on the defensive front seven. Uh, I expect those guys to really want to come out and, like, show it, right? And I think we'll also, just like a low-key thing, we will get a hint at what Trey Walker's future plans are tomorrow. Or, once again, tomorrow. Wow. I Apparently, I think it's Friday. But if he comes out on senior night, he's technically a senior with the extra year of eligibility. He's a junior on the team. I think if he walks, it probably shows that he plans on going and attempting the NFL next season. So, uh, if you need a reason to kind of watch, uh, tune in early. Because that, that could be a big sign. If Trey walks out with flowers with his family and everything, I think, you know, writing is on the wall. We're going to have a Christian Ellis kind of thing last year. Uh, I think Trey would probably play the last two games. But if people don't remember, Christian skipped the NAU game last year to prepare for the NFL draft because, you know, we were playing in the spring and the draft was like in three weeks. So fair. Uh, but I think we'll know if Trey Walker's planning on coming back next year. Uh, he's a little down statistically from where he wants to be, but I think he still put the film out there that, probably will have the option to leave early if he chooses. So, so we actually have news on that, exactly. which is, yeah, per Johnny yeah. Mallory, a.k.a. Johnny Ballgame, friend of the show, Trey Walker will be taking part in senior day festivities. So He is listed oh! on the official Vandal, on GoVandals.com, the preview. Uh, senior day has 13 Vandal seniors listed as playing their last game. Trey Walker is listed as one of the 13 seniors. You're going to, yeah, I mean, look at that. And look and see what I was saying. Like, look how much is defense. You're losing Jalen Hoover, kind of the leader of the secondary. I mean, Tyree Stedman as well, but you know, been there. You got Trey Walker. Cameron Towson's been a force on the front seven. Coyote Rufai was a big like added jolt when we went to the FCS. Rashawn Crawford. I mean, the man won a bowl game with us. He's played some fullback. He's been super fun to watch. Charles Ocano, very same thing. Came back from an injury. Never quite got back to where he was, but he's been super productive this year. Mike Beaudry. I think 
you know, we wish we could have done a little bit more with him and he could have stayed healthy because I think he showed some flashes this year. Um, Jonah Kim, big. Blackburn's a loss. Makai Stevenson, I didn't even know that. We only had him for one year. That sucks. But the big one there, guys, Nikhil Nair. Sad day. So, for me, what the team's playing for Dallas is – I mean, Chris is right. You know, your last home game, that justifies itself. But, two, I really think there's probably a lot of people on Idaho who – I don't mean this as a put-down, but who I think are in some way embarrassed about how – where we are in the standings – because talent-wise, this Idaho team, this Idaho team is just not bottom of the Big Sky talent-wise. We're not worse than Northern Colorado, but we're we're below them in the standings. We're we're not less talented than Southern Utah, but like Alex just said, there's some like some places that are going to favor Southern Utah, even though we're at home. So I think there's a there is a level of pride that there's going that some people are going to want to say, hey, let's end this on a on a win. The season's been rough, but this is our final home game, and is a win. And look, we, we're not breaking any news here, but there's a lot of speculation that Paul will not coach another game in the Kibbe Dome. And that could be, a, that honestly could be a motivator too. We're not, we're, again, this is not breaking news guys, but this is absolutely not a secret that uh, there's questions about what, what's going to be going on there with Paul heading into the future. So that has to be at least on some people's mind. And Honestly, between those two things, I think that justifies. I, I think that justifies the motivation for the game. I, this Idaho team is not as bad as their record is. I guarantee there's going to be some people who are playing to try to get that extra pride. Yep. Um, yeah, kind of just to echo what everyone said so far. Um, you know, I played with you know six or seven of those guys. Like I know those guys, right? Like I saw, I saw, I saw Charles Acano and Rasan Crawford like grow up from when they were eighteen. And like everyone saw it when Chuck was getting in trouble for doing just dumb, you know, 18 year old kid stuff. And he had to like sweep the dome f- sweet uh, street, no, the, just the dome floor. He had to like go and sweep the stairs in the dome, in the dome when we were doing a 5 a.m. workout. And Chuck's just in there by himself, just sweeping the dome, right? Like, you know, I saw these, I saw these guys grow up, um, become leaders of the team. It's kind of crazy, right? It makes me feel old. Um, you know, yeah, you play this game for those guys. And really one of the coolest things um, Coach Retrino does on, on a Friday night at your in your meetings um, for senior night is he, he doesn't say anything for the most part. Just a really quick stuff. He gets up there. He makes the coaches get out of the room. And he lets the seniors talk just to the team. Like that's, that's, that's what this Friday night is going to be. It's going to be just the seniors talking to the team, each one saying their piece. Um, and, and a quick thank you because it's, you know, those guys have spent four or five years – in, in Moscow, six if you're Rasan Crawford, right? Six if you're Chuck and Rasan. Like that's a unique thing. Um, they've, ca- they've come from far away. Um, I know Rasan is damn proud that he's walking out of Idaho with a master's degree. Like you know, he comes from a, a place in in Atlanta. Didn't have a lot of family to go to college. Same with Chuck. Chuck's parents are from Nigeria. Like they're damn proud to be walking out of Moscow with a couple degrees because that's what matters at the, the, at the end of the day. It doesn't matter if they go play pro. These guys got the degrees. They stuck it out through school. That's something to be damn proud of. Um, so props to those guys. Props to every single one of these seniors. Um, and no matter how they'll play or how, how they've played, they've given something to our university that we love and care about that not too many people can ever say they have done. Um, so even though they get rewarded with this free school and scholarship, it's not that easy. Probably should be worth more than what they get paid, just to be honest with you guys. A lot of stuff they've had to go through. So um thanks to those guys that's that's where i'll leave it at um yeah love calling those guys teammates and love those guys are vandals represent the university of idaho yep we get a couple more alumni i mean i know they're not done we still have two games after this but for as far as vandal fans getting to see them in person i mean some people might make the trip to bozeman i'm in pocatello so some people might still get to see them but for the majority of the fan base this is probably the last time you will see those guys in silver and gold um until they're getting personal fouls for running on the field when we blow out the Bengals in future homecoming years. So uh, shout out Desmond uh, Banks there. But, um, yeah, it's cool to see those guys. It's a good class. So you're playing for that. Do you guys want to give uh, just a quick, like, 15, 20-second run through for each of us? Uh, Pick a senior who we're going to miss. Any any big memories from us senior just to get, you know, just to give some acknowledgement to the guys who – Yeah, let's do it. Why not? Yeah, we didn't have a lot to preview, so let's get the yeah. seniors there due. Yeah, D- Dallas has been on the shelf. You want to jump in first, man? 
Yeah, I'm going to steal Charles Ocano. Uh, that would be my first pick of the seniors in their trays, the guy who's got NFL potential. But, man, watching that 2019 team and Ocano just wrecking quarterbacks for that half a year he was healthy, that was that was one of my favorite moments of what's admittedly been a a light couple seasons on favorite moments. Uh, it It's going to be one of those what-ifs for me. If that guy hadn't gotten hurt, what would his career have been like here? Would he have NFL shots or CFL shots? That guy at the peak of his powers was incredible to watch. And that I'm gonna miss I'm gonna miss seeing that. Brian, want we'll me to go to real quick Ryan. since we have oh, yeah. no Chris. Sorry, Chris Banish. Yeah. Uh yeah. You know, I'm going to Gonna go with pick that, that uh, might surprise people. Jonah Kim, uh, defensive lineman, number ninety-eight, transfer from Santa Rosa Junior College. That I remember when Jonah Kim came over. That was at a, that was right around the time also that Noah Ellis, uh, you know, joined the team was active, and Ellis and Jonah Kim were the big guys on the line. That if you thanks Chris, that the, those two were the big guys on the line. That. Um, Definitely, I mean, one, like just size-wise, athleticism-wise, they kind of pop. And two, um, non-Idaho media would point out Jonah Kim as one of the big boys on the Idaho line that we we saw get much better uh, relative to our first year in the Big Sky in 2018. Uh, sometimes, you know, the, the defensive line, too, gets uh, kind of talked about as just one lump unit. And Jonah Kim – Big name for Idaho, big impact on us, both getting to the quarterback, stuff in the run. Absolutely going to miss the guy. Don't know how we're going to replace him. We're going to have to. But uh, even Van, even transfers are only here for a couple of years. We love him. Happy to call him Vandals. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I switched on my Trey Walker. Shout out, Trey. I think there's, you know. There's nothing really to say. We all know what to say about Trey. Nikhil Nair, I mean, one of my favorite memories was when he came in during the Florida game. Because, I mean, that was – for me, right, like we started this podcast. Nothing has changed since. There's still a quarterback controversy. And I was all in on Nikhil Nair. Like I was standing on this perch. We were saying it. We had that first show where we had a bunch of us on. And, like, Sean Kramer wanted Colton Richardson. And TJ, I think, was back in Mason. And – but I was like, I like this Nikhil Nair kid out of Mercer Island, like 6'6", can slit in the rock. And I kind of like died on that hill. And everyone told me it was crazy. I coached, texted my buddy who's not on the team anymore, coaching the team anymore, Jamie Schultz, about it. And he goes, no, no way. Then he gets to play against Florida. I'm driving to a friend's – or I was driving because I think it was the same weekend as the Brawl of the Wild. And I was going to go watch the Brawl of the Wild in Seattle. And I get the text like, somebody needs to find Chris Hammond. He's in. And like still have a safe picture of Nikhil Nair when he's in against Florida and then obviously you two talking about when he came in against Southern Utah last year and kind of led that comeback game. Like, I don't know, Nikhil Nair kind of became my first Vandal player crush and the kind of the first crush of this podcast. So for me, this podcast is like kind of tied to Nikhil Nair. So for me, I'm going to miss Nair. I know it never really worked out how I planned. Um, But yeah, I mean, for me out of that class, other than, I mean, there's, Everybody's awesome, but for me, the kill was my guy, man. So sad to see him leave. I wish we could have got more, more out of him. But on to the next one. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll wrap it up. Um, like I said, I mentioned Rasan earlier. Him and Chuck are a little special to me. I uh, just saw them grow up. Uh, saw saw them from their first time here. Chuck, Chuck, I used to. I remember I used to drive with Chuck over to Pullman. We go to Zeppos. Van, the F- Vandal football team is a big fan of Zeppos Casino in Pullman. Um, so taught, taught Chuck how to, how to play blackjack, uh, Rasan, one of the most passionate people in what he does. You can, he, he will debate you about anything at any moment in the locker room. Like when people talk about the locker room and you hear stories in the NFL, right? Like it's a melting pot. It is in college too, at least at U of I, because where all our guys come from the life experiences, um, you can debate Rasan about anything at any moment and you will be in there for another hour. Um, but I'll finish with the one that I, I do want to talk about. Also, I do love Nikhil. Um, I ran over to Boise Bar this last like May, and um, it was it was awesome. I I love seeing Nikhil. It was after the season was over, and uh, Nikhil's great. Remember when he came out his official visit? 
Cam Townsend was hosted by Ed Hall, who I lived with in Moscow. So I always um, had, a, had a good relationship with Cam Townsend as well. Uh, but my Vandal, I want to spotlight Christian Blackburn, um, walk on from uh, over here on the west side. Well, I'm on the west side anymore, but over on the west side, uh, Woodenville area, um, walk on that stuck it out. Like that's a guy that always will have a, a special place um, in my heart because not too many guys do, not too many guys may uh, make it that far. Um, you know, and he's ended up playing a decent amount of football this last couple of years for the Vandals, whether it be specials, whether it be certain packages on defense. He's been getting in more. Um, but, yeah, props to Christian for sticking it out because not everyone does. Um, something really hard to do would be a walk-on, guys, and then try to stick it out for that scholarship and then try to make – and then try to stick it on after that because you're not playing a whole lot. Um, so Christian Blackburn from over on the west side, about near Seattle area. Um, thanks for coming to Idaho and also had some good times with you in Moscow. 17 games, not bad for a walk-on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's it. Let's get into predictions here. Like I said, I mean, you look at that senior list, it's majority defensive players. I'm going 17 0, Idaho. I think it's senior night or senior night. It's dad's weekend. So you're going to get some dads that don't know any better or whatever, and they drag their, their kids into the dome. Um, Maybe some students go to entertain their dads and not have to really talk to them for like four hours. Or I guess it's family weekend, so moms and sisters and brothers too. Like I think we see a small uptick or whatever from the NAU attendance. Maybe a bit of a livelier crowd. It's senior night, so all those senior parents are going to be there. I think there's going to be a little bit of emotion and maybe a little bit of excitement in the Dome. So I just think that defense plays absolutely lights out and puts it's Southern Utah but puts on a performance – that we can talk about for a while. I'm going 17-0 and they get a shout out. This is unbelievably hard for me to pick because on one end, Idaho is more talented than Southern Utah. On the other end, Idaho, it's just looked like it's been tough for them to play a full game relative to where the team is. I, I have been burned picking Southern Utah, in particular, Chris, the divisional championship, with the directional championship against Northern Colorado that you correctly called as Northern Colorado uh, would win that game. They won 17-9. to I am unbelievably on the fence. I really want to pick Southern Utah, but I they just don't know how to win. Idaho is going to narrowly win this 27-24. There might be seven total points scored in the second half. Um, you know, senior night's an interesting one. Um, I, I had my senior night versus Montana 2018 was not the best of games, but man, it still was extremely cool to run out there on the field, meet the family, um, with the crowd that big, it was our biggest crowd at the time, you know, what, 14, 15,000. We also hadn't lost at home that year. Um, we're, that's coming up on three three years uh here uh next week on monday so that's pretty special um or tuesday next tuesday i'm gonna go idaho 24 14 defense is gonna hold them tight we're gonna score a few points um but 24 14 vandals get the win my prediction is gonna be very similar to brian's i have been on the fence about this and as i was Writing out our outline in the background here, I initially had this pick as Southern Utah 28-24, but you three have talked me into it. It's senior night. It could be Paul Petrino's last game. I do think the team comes out firing and trying to – not that they don't try to win, but I, I feel like the extra added emotion here, I'm going to yeah. go Idaho 28-24. Extra oomph. Well, and the other thing from the Southern Utah end, guys, which we were not a Southern Utah podcast, which I broke that news – on our reaction episode. Yeah, I broke that news in case people didn't know that. Southern Utah just lost a heartbreaker in Montana. I don't think this is a team that recovers upward from that that heartbreaking loss to Montana. I just we've seen Southern Utah not turn close losses into anything beyond the next close loss. I and I think they just had their apex effort. They had all the breaks go their way against Montana, and they still lost. I don't think that team finds their next level in Moscow. Yeah. Uh, that's our score predictions brought to you, or around the bar brought to you by Hughes River Expeditions. If you're looking for a great, all-inclusive, week-long vacation, don't look past your backyard. Venture into the largest protected wilderness in the continental United States located right here in the great state of Idaho. 
Jolly multi-day trip down the middle fork of the salmon, the main salmon river of no return, the salmon river canyons, or the Selway, or even check out special trips like the one to see the Perseid meteor shower. Camp on pristine beaches, run amazing white water, white water, hike scenic trails, spot wildlife, soaking beautiful natural hot springs, take in history all along the river's edge, and fish some of the most remote stretches of the river in the entire country. You bring your clothes and let HRE handle the rest. Hughes River Expedition has been van alone and operated since 1976 and ready to take you on a vacation of a lifetime. What are you waiting for? Find out what it's like to grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout Gem State. Call them now at 800-262-1882 or check them out at HughesRiver.com. Uh, around the big sky, big sky pick them. Chris went three and two last week. Boatman went four and one. Brian and Dallas went five and zero, oh, bringing the records to Chris fifty one and eighteen. Boatman fifty four and fifteen. Dallas fifty seven and twelve. And Brian Marceau fifty nine and ten. Couldn't quite hold on to that single digit loss column though. That dang Southern Utah pick, it got you, man. Might have ruined ruined the single digits. Um, but let's see if you can hold it at ten. Let's kick it off this week. Number 11, Montana at the short field turf of Greeley, Colorado, next to the retaining pond on the north side. Um, Montana. But I think, I don't know what's going on with Montana. I could see this only being like a nine-point win, something that's like, not it, it's enough that it was never in doubt, but you're still like, really? That's it. Uh, Boatman. You're muted, Alex. Oh, Alex. That was like your yeah. first one of the season, too. Oh, I've been so good. You oh, and I, no. I think, got our first ones today. <laughs> oh man, no, I've been so good. Uh, Montana. Uh, it's gonna win. Sagar makes him a thirteen-point favorite. Uh, kind of an interesting that's line. It. Yeah, that's it. I, I don't know. Maybe Sagarin's not liking him a whole lot lately. Um, their efficiencies on offense have kind of gone down in the toilet. Um, so, but I'm still taking Montana. Chris, I can tell you what's. Never mind. I interrupted Dallas. My bad. Yeah, we good. Turn, I, I just figured I'd I'd go because you know, as the professor, as the winner, uh, I'm, you're gonna win the pick'em. You get to go last, so I'll jump in here. Uh, it's Montana. Uh, they have not looked very good, honestly. They, I knew fans that were not terribly thrilled with their performance against Idaho and thought that they should have won by a considerably better margin and obviously barely escaped Southern Utah. It's not going to happen again. They're going to they're going to out talent Northern Colorado. So, Chris, I can tell you what's wrong with Montana. They have an offensively, they're just terrible. They're a team that that they're trying to be conservative to protect their not very good quarterbacks, which, Chris, you were right early in the season. Cam Humphrey, not very good. Chris Brown, essentially no different. But Montana, to protect them, rushes all the time. Well, their per-yard rush is third worst in the league. So the thing they're trying to do to protect their quarterback, they're not very good at. They're down to like a fifth-string running back, too. But if you're yeah, going to be a con- converted wide receiver, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, Junior Bergen, converted wide receiver. But that, that's their offensive problem is they can't – they're terrible at scoring and advancing the ball, which puts a ton of pressure on the defense. Um, I'm going to pick Montana to win this game, but I would not be shocked. If, I expect Montana's going to look not that impressive uh, because I think it's going to be kind of a slugfest because that's what UNC is trying to do now. And Montana will oblige. They'll win. But it's not going to be the blowout that Grizz fans expect. All right. Moving on to Idaho State versus – Number 17, the Brigham Young Cougars. You know everyone's going to have a hard time picking this one. Uh, Cougars. Um, yeah, BYU's going to kill them. You guys have any guesses what Sagarin makes the line? Uh, 6.9 favorite. 49. Nice. For, wait, did, did I just say that right? Didn't I say 49? Mm-hmm. I thought you said 40. I don't know. I oh, think Dallas okay. is 6.9. Close so. enough. I just was throwing a – I'm sorry. Yeah. I was, he was uh, internet memeing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but, yeah, it's going to be BYU. Number 15 BYU in the college football playoff. Um, the team who's leading the Pac-12 South. <laughs> and headed Literally, they're 4-0, they're 4-0 in the Pac-12, and they play USC at the end of the year. They have a good chance to go 5-0 versus the Pac-12 this year. So, anyway – so then versus Oregon and San Francisco then. Or it's Vegas now. 
Vegas. Vegas, yeah. Anyway, Dallas? Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, you got to go BYU. Um, I despise BYU. I grew up in southern Idaho. I only have uh, 45 minutes from Pocatello, so right in the heart of, of BYU country, and I despise that team more than any team other than Boise State. They're going to beat mm. Idaho State by 50. You scared me there so for a ugly. second when you said, <laughs> I hate that team more than any other team, and then you put the disclaimer. I was about to be like, <laughs> I quit. <laughs> I must be the only team with my finger on the pulse this game, you guys. Do you know how many times Idaho State has scored more than 21 points this season? Zero? Once. When they beat Davis, they scored 27. That's their season high. Oh. They have not scored over 21 points a single time against and, – and they played – they had FCS oh. out of conference games. So I like our chances. So, yeah. With that, I mean, obviously that puts Idaho State <laughs> as the mortal lock to pull the upset. But, um, yeah, BYU. They're going to win by 6,000. Yeah. Uh, number eight, UC Davis, who, like, I'm a big believer in, but, like, I don't feel like they're the eighth best team in the country uh, at Northern Arizona. But uh, that all said, I'm still taking Davis. NAU did mm-hmm. nothing to show me they are going to beat Davis other than, you know, the weird altitude and being in a dome, maybe catch Davis sleeping. But I think Davis is too good. I think NAU is just the absolute measuring bar for the big sky this season. And I think UC Davis will pass. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Davis to Sagarin makes this a 12 and a half point game. Kind of close ish. I can see it falling within that number. I don't, I just don't get big blowout energy from Davis uh, in this game. So yeah, I'll still take UC Davis, but maybe close. Yeah. If that was the line, I would take NAU to cover. But yeah. I still think I still think they lose by ten. Davis will handle it. Right. It won't look it won't look pretty. It will not be a blowout, but Davis will handle any. Yeah, Davis only averages twenty three points a game. So when we've been when we've talked on the show about Idaho not scoring enough, we're talking about Davis. That's why they can't blow teams out because they can't score enough to create that separation. I'm with Chris though. I think NAU is the absolute okay team in the Big Sky. So if you're better than okay, you should win. You see, Davis, they're not number eight in the nation, but they are better than okay. So I'll take Davis. Um, Next up, we have top five Portland State. Not number five, guys. Top five. It's even better. Uh, at the mm. number 24, Weber State round. Wildcats. Um, Weber seems to be benefiting from testing themselves early in the season. Uh, I doubt they're able to get snuck up on because they have no room to sleep. So uh, I think Weber, I thought maybe Idaho State might make it frisky. They absolutely squandered every hope I had of like maybe that being a closer game. I think Weber continues to roll. They uh, have no statement games left on their schedule, which means they need to absolutely obliterate everybody left on their schedule to hope the big sky can get a fifth uh, or sixth bid, so Crazy. Weaver's gonna Weaver's gonna have to smack them by like sixty, and I don't know if the offense can do it. Defense might have to contribute twenty one points there. Yeah, um, anyone would take guesses on what Sagard makes this line? This one's a little interesting. Anyone Eleven, can... Dallas, thirteen. Brian, any guesses? Ten. Ten. Sagard makes Weber only a 10 point favorite at home. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know, you know, Vegas will rely on a lot of these, these uh, metrics sites like Sagard to make lines at the end of the day for these FCS games. Um, do you guys find a line anywhere near 10? Just hammer Weber. Like, honestly, like Chris is right. I just see Weber just, they're going to have to obliterate, obliterate everyone. That, like they're going to have to go seven and four with a, some close losses versus teams like UC Davis and Montana State. All their losses Eastern. right now are top 10 right. FCS programs. Right, so like uh, their recipe to get in is going to be a signature win, a close loss versus some big, good FCS teams, and then blowing out everyone else out of the water. Um, I, don't know, I think Patrick's just Patrick's just staying salty after uh, – Yeah, I think Patrick after, is pretty state of salty right now. And he's pretty staying salty after a Eastern squandered that game there on the on the red. So uh, I'm still taking Weber here. Yeah. 
this game is going to look a lot closer to the first half of Idaho versus Portland State. Weber mm-hmm. is absolutely in the mode of we have to kill everyone if we want a shot at this. Portland State is top five, so pretty good, but realistically, they're going to get steamrolled. It's on the road, too. It, I cannot imagine going down to Utah right now to play this Weber State team. Professor? No, Weber, Weber State held uh, Eastern to 34, which that might not sound like a lot, but relative to a team averaging around 50 points a game, that's not an awful showing on the road at all. I don't think Portland State has the horses to to hold off Weber pass rush. I don't think they have – look, the – Weber Weber secondary is the only team to keep Eric Berrier under 300 yards this year. Davis Alexander is not Eric Berrier. The Portland State wide receivers are not the Eastern wide receivers. No, they're still okay. The Portland offensive line is not the Eastern offensive line. Weber's not going to have that much difficulty. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. So, again, it'll have like the Montana-Northern Colorado dynamic. Mm-hmm. Of it might not score-wise feel like a, look like a blowout, but I think it's going to feel like one. Uh, next up, we have an actual good good matchup uh, game of the week. Montana State, number four, versus at number five, Eastern Washington. Look, I said it with the Weber game. I think Eastern playing an elite defense is shown to be vulnerable. We're seeing that maybe Montana is not quite – the quality of win that Eastern fans thought it was when Montana was looking like a for sure top eight seeded team at the time of their game, uh, they lose to Weber. And I know people are like, well, turnovers and penalties. Part of that is the defense's job to cause turnovers and, you know, get in the head and cause penalties. So um, I think they've struggled against really tough defenses mm-hmm. and Montana state has that. I think Montana state is probably the best team in the big sky this year. That said, it's on the Inferno. Eastern doesn't lose on the Inferno. And literally, oh. Montana State has had zero success against Eastern Washington in the past 15-ish years, including the years where Montana State had Rob Ash and were a top-five team consistently. Um, I do not think uh, Montana State is going to get this up, which opens the door for a Sac State solo title this year. I think Eastern gets the Bobcats on the red. Hmm. This is interesting. Like, this is a really interesting game. Um, is you have the best scoring offense in the conference versus the best scoring defense in the conference. Eastern has scored 252 points in conference play. No one else has more than 163. Montana State has only allowed 42 points in conference play. The next closest team is Davis at 77. Um, boy. I don't know. And Sagra makes Montana State a four-point favorite. I think I think that Weber game was a product of Weber is Weber is good, but I think that game was a product of situation. You guys know I'm a I'm a very big believer in situational outcomes of games, especially at this level, because these guys are not pros. The, these are kids still. Even pros get caught in weird situations, right? Trap games, sandwich games, letdown spots, all the fun ones gamblers like to use. I think I think Eastern was caught in a big letdown spot for four. Weber, right? Like they're riding high. I I don't think this happens again to them here. I'm going to go with Eastern at home just because I think that they know what happens. And I've also not been that sold on Montana State. I think they're really a really good defense. Um, I just don't know what we're going to get out of them on offense, right? Like they've been okay. Like they're Weber. And if Sac State, if Eastern's defense plays this a little bit better than they did versus Weber, aka not letting Weber fake th- Montana State fake three punts, right? Like, I don't think Sac Montana State scores more than twenty eight, um, and I'm going to back Eastern to score more than thirty. Those are pretty much my thoughts as well. Uh, I obviously it's the best offense in the the conference versus the best defense in the conference, but on the flip side of it, I think Eastern's defense is respectable to even good at times. Uh, Montana State, if you look at the raw numbers, they have one of the top offenses in the in the conference, but that's cushioned by playing, playing Portland nobody. State, Northern Colorado, and yeah. Cal Poly back to back to back. So when you're putting up 30, 40, 45 on th- three bottom two cellar dweller teams in the, the conference, 
I just I don't think they're going to have enough horses to score with Eastern. I think Eastern will win it close, but take Eastern on the red. Yeah, Eastern. I think the energy around Eastern right now is a little bit lower, not on the show. I mean, nationwide than it should be. Uh, they clearly should have won that, that Weaver state game. Uh, the, some, they had some key fumbles that absolutely, especially early, uh, they, we, Eastern had a chance to get up 14, zero, put their, put their foot on Weaver's throat and fumbled away. Um, I don't think those things are going to repeat against Montana state. I think Matt McKay, Montana state quarterback who looked very good early has looked not very good as of late. I don't think, I don't think Matt McKay is going to really be able to exploit the Eastern secondary much. I also believe, and we, you guys have all touched on it a different way. Montana State, we're not yet clear on how for real their defense is against a good team. The best team they play is Weaver, who is not particularly uh, great offensively. Plus, they, at the time Montana State played, their Bronson Barron was not starting. Correct, Chris? Yeah. Correct. Right. Yep. So Montana Bronson State hasn't played in any of their big games yeah. except Eastern. Okay. Which is to say, Montana State has absolutely not played any good offenses in FCS play. I think Eastern is going to be too much for him. I think weirdly losing that Weaver game might actually be good for Eastern as far as going through the season. So I'm picking picking the Eagles. I'm picking Eric Barrier. I he might not get that 500 yard marker, but the dude's averaging 428 yards a game. Picking Eastern. I just don't think he's going to have two sub 350-yard games in a row. Oh he's going to look better. Oh, boy. We yeah. all really just picked Eastern. That's a, that's an interesting one. We're either going to look really smart or really stupid. Yeah, shots fired are in our cat cast. Yeah. Mm. See you guys next week. <laughs> oh, uh, Cal uh, Poly at wow. number 16, Sac State. Well, wait. wait we screwed up, dude. <laughs> we forgot to talk. This is the trap game for Montana State. Mmm, total oh, trap. They have Idaho to look for. Yeah, sandwich. Exactly. It's a sandwich. Yeah, look ahead spot, Chris. Come on, the Vandals coming into Bozeman next week. Let's let's not forget. Oh, I don't want to hear about the Eastern Eagles crying about that missed field goal, that phantom field goal, right? I witnessed a missed phantom PAT in Bozeman three years ago when Cade Coffey snuck one in an upright that their official said was no good, but camera angle sure shows it pretty good. So I'm still pretty salty from that three years ago. Let me tell you, it was not a fun time. Anyway, sorry, that's my rant. See this vulture? It's coming for Sac State. Oh Cal Poly and Bo Baldwin finally guy. put it together. Look, <laughs> yeah, I got two Bo Baldwin fanboys on this show. And at the end of the day, if we do have a coaching opening, you expect Bo Baldwin is going to be listed. There's no way we can justify hiring a coach that has one division, one win, especially after all this. Sh- we've talked on this podcast about such things. He's going to have to get a second win. He's going to have to get a big sky win. I get going from the triple option to the spread is hard, but Georgia Tech isn't struggling with it as much as Cal Poly is. And they have the same kind of academic restraints that Cal Poly is. I get Georgia Tech and get way better athletes because they're power five. But they I don't say option anymore. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Cal Poly is struggling with the transition. Georgia Tech yeah. has done better at the transition. So it's not just you can't go from the spread, the triple option to the spread and have success. But Baldwin's had two years, year and a half, whatever you want to call it, starting his own recruits in. They've looked better as the season has gone on. I said at the beginning of the year, I thought as the year went on, you'd start to see more Bo Baldwinist out of this Cal Poly team to maybe justify the rumors that might be coming up. I think this game is the game they get it. It's a rivalry game. You got to throw everything out the door in the rivalry game. Sac State noted difficult place to play, I know. But I think Cal Poly kind of makes their statement game that Bo Bo Baldwin has maybe turned the corner. And, I mean, Sac State just struggled with Northern Colorado uh, on the road. I just, I got a hunch with the rivalry game. Bo Baldwin, there's three games left. He's got to get a win in these final three games. Like, he has to. I, I just think it's today. So I'll go, I'll go Polly. Um, like a weird close one, walk off, touchdown, or overtime. This guy, I, I just can't with Chris, man. He's such a non-Sac State believer. Like, I think I was the first one to fully buy into Sac State on this podcast when they beat Montana 
Um, I still take credit for that because that's going to be my crowning achievement in this pick all year. Um, Sacks gets a 24 and a half point favorite according to Sager and Chris. It's the biggest spread of the weekend, according to um, one of our favorite analytics sites. Rivals, like, come on, like, Sac State has one rival and it's UC Davis. Cal Poly has one rival and it's UC Davis. So I get, if anything, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So these guys, if anything, are friendly. Uh, this like Troy Taylor's a damn good coach. Andy Thompson's a damn good coach. They have this team well drilled at this point. They're on the pathway to winning the Big Sky champion, being the Big Sky champions outright. Because once they get by these guys, all they have left at the end of the year is the Causeway Classic sitting there versus UC Davis. And no matter what, at that point, it's going to give them a share of the Big Sky title, even if they get by with one loss. It's like a Sac State by by a million. Yeah, I'm definitely on the boatman side of this argument. Uh, Sac State is good-ish, at least good-ish enough to beat the absolute piss out of Cal Poly. Uh, They're a well-coached football team, well-disciplined football team. Exactly. And as much as I like Bo Baldwin and as much as I'm hoping for hashtag damaged goods, the no, not happening. Sac State. I have a quiz right. for you guys before okay. uh, I make my pick. How many in Big Sky play? Cal Cal Poly has five games. Dallas, you better not be a filthy cheater and look this up. Five Big Sky games. How many total scores? Touchdowns, field goals combined. How many total scores does Cal Poly have? Seven. Oh, I was going to say six. And Chris, you said 11? The answer in five games is nine total scores. They have seven touchdowns in five games, three of which came last week in Portland State, meaning <laughs> heading into Portland State, they're averaging a single touchdown a game, and they have two field goals. Sacramento State has 28 total scores, not, not counting defensive scores, meaning they only have three times as many scores at least as Cal Poly, uh, before we even talk about individual players. Sacramento State's going to win this easy. I mean, we might even see Asher O'Hara look like Zach Borish mm. if he gets the space to run. So, no, damage good. Hashtag damage goods is going to get a shot in the arm this week because Cal Come more damage. Yes, <laughs> more exactly. Damage. So oh, exactly. That's right. So, Not if only. he can't get this team even looking remotely competitive, like. How long is it supposed to take? Like, I'm not even talking like if Idaho to hire him or whatever, but like, what is the timetable if you're Cal Poly? Because they are having two of their worst seasons they've ever had. Cal Poly was never a great program, but they were like what Idaho's been since coming back. They'd win four or five games. They I mean, have looked piss poor. The transition, the trans transition takes to time. Put it I, I'd say, I'd say you got to take stock after next year if you're Cal Poly. Most most teams give guys three to four years to kind of. But don't you want to see style. a win? Well, yeah, you like to but see a win, but it doesn't take time. Yeah. And oh, and also they got one division also, one, San Diego. That's, how, that's as many as we have. Uh, how many games also, did Paul Petrino win in his first two years? Five. Two. No, two. Sorry, I, I forget. Twenty thirteen yeah. existed. Uh, exactly, and look where that ended <laughs> up. Uh, <laughs> Well, it's because I wasn't there. I was th- I always forget. Like I forget I wasn't there for his first year. Anyway, uh, I mean, like, like you got you. Know, they'll give them. They'll give. And also, COVID doesn't count in a lot of administrators' eyes. Coach, like it was a weird year. You, you'll have to True. see if they if they show. I just want to see life. some fight. That's what I'm saying. Well, like, yeah. If they show life next year, we're still not working with his recruits for the most part. Like he has some guys in there, but yeah. guys he recruited as high school players. One and a not, half classes. Well, yeah. Got, are not contributing like fully, so like we'll wait and see here. Got Here's the pitch. Year. Here's the pitch. Spring season was a redshirt year because they they cut it short. Yeah, so the redshirt so bad they quit. Yep, but hey, redshirt year man didn't count against eligibility. I'm going to guess he has four years, not counting the yeah. redshirt year, uh, because mm-hmm. I mean I I think Cal Poly is going to is going to be fine riding this out a little bit. However, hashtag yeah. damaged goods would love Cal Poly to be getting impatient. We want a few more blowouts to drive that salary down so that we can get the godfather assistant, Paul Wolf, to come over, Chris. 
Uh, that one's not. Wolfpack or Blues. <laughs> this, this Wolves haven't been on the Blues in seven years. Let's bring them back. I'm uh, going to tell you guys, damage, damage goods, probably not happening. But anyway. All right, guys. Oh, it's, oh, it's not happening at all. We know it's that. never Re- happening. No. Real quick, <laughs> Cal Poly. So maybe it's not Sac State. I just want to go on a Cal Poly tangent here. They got Idaho State at home and then Northern Arizona. Mm. Can they uh, get a win in the last three weeks? No. They can beat, they can beat, they can beat yeah, the Bengals at home. I think things would get frisky. And don't forget, Northern Arizona lost Northern Colorado. Well, yeah, but that was, was that a better was, team. Like, yeah. or NAU is a better Man, team now because RJ Martinez. NAU, NAU could probably be five and three right now if they didn't if they were playing uh, RJ the whole time. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I don't honestly. know. I would just like, and I'm not even on the Bo Baldwin train. I just kind of think Cal Poly is kind of a cool program to have be decent. Like, well, yeah, I would sure. like to see. Something to give me promise going into 2022 is all I'm saying. And a win in these last three games where I could be like, there it is. Baldwin's turning the corner. Um, would do it for me. They did only lose to UC Davis by 11. So, and Chris, you're right. You, you've done the preview. Next week's show, game of the week, Idaho State, Cal Poly. Mm, that is. That is. Get, your, get your scuba mask on. Get your tank filled. <laughs> strap in for a deep dive. No, a shallow snorkel. <laughs> oh, boy. I All right. That's uh, picking the sky. We're God, we were shooting for 50, and we still win an hour. Uh, closing the bar, uh, the I Donate 100 in October campaign ended. And I think they got – does anybody have the numbers? Like 43,000, and I think yeah, I saw no. somebody oh. matched 110,000. So, so, no, no, no. They finished with – the thing was is the John Kirtland family is always going to match um, up to 50,000. Um, before that, it hit six. It closed a little north of sixty thousand dollars. So, at t- grand total, uh, grand six total is a hundred, hundred and ten thousand dollars. That's not um, real, is it? No, that's oh, not real. The grand total is a hundred, hundred ten thousand um, dollars after the match from the John Curlin family. So, congrats to everyone who who did contribute uh, part of that sixty thousand dollars. That's pretty cool to see a crowdfunding campaign go that well. And then I know everyone's dying, but uh, in case you didn't get that scent in the air, the ICCU arena is open, and mm. that means that the two guys adjacent caddy corner from each other on the screen, not Alex and I, for those of you uh, that are unaware, have basketball coverage coming up soon. I know you guys are hoping for uh, a little bit more spark, something else spark a little bit more joy in your lives come basketball season, and uh Maybe the arena is that. How long can you sell the arena as a positive? Well, we gotta let's talk about it. It looks beautiful on TV. I don't know if you guys watched that um, exhibition game, but we, well, we got to answer Martin's question. And I look, I talked about an instant reaction. Um, the team looks look, sounds like they're more athletic. Uh, we outclassed the D two team, which you shouldn't pat your back. Your you shouldn't pat yourself on the back for outclassing a D two team. But last year's team wouldn't have done that. So they lost. Uh, Early returns positive. Martin asked, with the new commit today, does Klaus sign that mega extension tonight or when they play LBSU? He forgot mm-hmm. to add the hashtag Klaus Clan. Uh, Martin, we hate you. That's it. That's the answer to that question. Guys, Wait. Bob Spear is not athletic director anymore. We're not going to sign any egregiously long contracts off of one bit of success. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Unfair shot question. at Rob, but that was a <laughs> Rob trait. <laughs> Oh, oh God, we got a little it. bit of excess. Sign them with everything for 8,000 years. How many How many wins do we get this year, Brian Dallas? Give me like, – like, honestly, like, what do you think this team can do? What we won game last year? Like, what this team – we talking three, four? Like, Fan, is that possible? Fans should hope for exactly 11 wins. I was going to say, I think their win total is going to match Brian's loss total in Big Sky Pick'em. People need to start rooting for him to lose. Are you saying the basketball team? You think we can, more. It's you reverse think 11 wins? Karma. Oh, no. I haven't looked at the schedule. I, I'm saying people oh, should hope. I, was like, I think people should hope for exactly oh. 11 wins. Yeah. Oh, it, I was, I 11 was wins. for a minute. Claus keeps his job, right? If he can get 11 oh, wins yeah. in year two. Mm-hmm. Easily. No. If we're allowing Easily. Bo Baldwin to have one win in two yeah. years in football, I feel yeah. like if Claus wins 12 in two years in basketball, that's oh. pretty similar. Uh, hey, 11 I'm, wins I'm, should be enough. 11 wins should be enough. Okay. Uh, there you go. I, for 20. Dallas? <laughs> so, I don't think this team wins 10 games. I don't know if they get to eight. 
I would take eight wins. Guys, we're talking about. Yeah, I'll take two. Oh, okay. It's 50% more joy than I had last year. <laughs> Sorry, God, 100% that's a, that's a, mad. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's a, like, come on. Like, I'll take eight wins. If this team can win, push double digits, we're, we're on the path. That's all that matters here. Hey, if we beat Wazoo, I'll be happy. That would be awesome in that. If we only beat Long Beach State and Wazoo, those are the only two games that really matter this year. Win that home opener and then beat Wazoo. And then you can build the program off of that. Cause that are the games. Those are the games that are the games. Jesus. I went to school uh, that will <laughs> be the games that most alumni will tune into that arena is probably going to be close to a sellout. Um, or at least, you know, they can scoot those bleachers in to make it look like a sellout. Those are the games where you're going to get that atmosphere and be able to make a cool recruiting video and take photos and use it for advertising. So you got to win them and have that atmosphere looking like it's an absolute joy to be in the ICC arena. So those are your two wins I just care about. So after that, win if you want to keep your job, Klaus. That's my advice to you. It was free, but there you go. Uh, closing the bar. That's it. Uh, thank you to all our Patreons. Patreon.com backslash times of the club. We've had a couple people sign up. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. Um, and that's it. We'll see you guys post-game and basketball soon uh it's time for colby cup to play us out with the moscow drinking team song go vandals go vandals go vandals so raise your glass and have a drink with me here's to the vandals and the craft i'll just out there living the dream part of one and only moscow drinking